From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., the lame duck story dominated the headlines again last week. A second Dane County judge blocked parts of the lame duck laws designed to limit the powers of new Democratic Governor Tony Evers and Attorney General Josh Call. Then, an appeals court reinstated the laws except for the parts that the Dane County judge blocked. But before the two courts issued their rulings, Evers had rescinded 82 appointments the GOP approved during the lame duck session in December and call moved to pull Wisconsin out of the multi-state federal lawsuit challenging the Affordable Care Act. Where does this leave the status of the state's involvement in the lawsuit and the appointments that Evers turned back? Evers sought to rescind the appointments late on a Friday. Then the following week, he sought to restore 60, or reappoint 67 of them However, Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald says that that's not happening, under his watch at least. Republicans are looking at that appeals court decision that stayed the first Dane County ruling to argue that those appointments were back basically in effect, that Evers didn't have the ability to rescind them, and that it remained as it was before that decision came out. Now, Evers disagrees with that, but the Senate is who confirms those appointments. What is clear is they're not moving forward anything that Evers has sent to them, What I don't know, however, just yet is what's going to happen now, because after Fitzgerald sent his letter, you know, who shows up for the boards and commissions? What does Evers do? He reappointed 67 of the 82. They left off two members of the Board of Regents. He didn't reappoint somebody to the PS Public Service Commission, which is a regulatory agency overseeing utilities. Um, That person tried to show up for work last week and was told, no, you can't come in. So now what? Um, the bet kind of around Madison is that there'll be more legal action trying to figure out that next step, or maybe it just be, you know, asking the third district court of appeals for a follow-up, you know, order clarifying what's it mean or what did it mean when it came to those appointments. But my guess is it's going to be a legal battle for a while. On another topic, voters will decide tomorrow which candidate will get a 10-year term on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. The race pits appeals judge Brian Hagedorn, who is supported by conservatives, against appeals judge Lisa Neubauer, who is backed by liberals. But last week, before this race was even decided, somebody jumped into next year's Supreme Court race. Marquette University law professor Ed Fallone announced he'll run for Supreme Court in 2020 when conservative Justice Daniel Kelly's seat comes up. Next year's race could decide whether the court swings back to leaning liberal. So is it unusual for Ed Fallone to announce his bid so early? And is it important maybe for candidates to get in as soon as they can? Well, yes, it is unusual for a Supreme Court campaign to be announced before the current race is over. Um, but look, this is the reality. If No matter what happens on Tuesday in the current race, it looks like next year would be a possibly a difficult environment for Daniel Kelly, and this is why. The primary for president, both of them, uh, will be on the ballot at the same time as the presidential or the Supreme Court race. It is expected that... Uh, Donald Trump won't have much of a primary fight. That it probably will be over before it gets to Wisconsin in April. Democrats, however, have a very large field, which could lead to a very long campaign. If that happens, you'd expect there to be a big bump in Democratic turnout on April of 2020. That would make it very difficult for Daniel Kelly because you know you're getting just more Democrats in the polls and Republicans most likely. A couple of caveats to that: 
April of 2020 is an eternity away in politics. You know, something could happen in the presidential race where a Democrat catches fire and wraps up the nomination by March. You know, that's entirely possible. Then it would be much more of a muted effect. And finally, the Joint Finance Committee has announced the dates and locations of the four public hearings they'll hold across the state on Governor Evers' proposed budget. The first one will be held Friday in Janesville, followed by one next Wednesday in Oak Creek. What kind of testimony do you think lawmakers will hear at these events, and do you think the committee will ultimately scrap Evers' budget and work off their own? You know, traditionally, the... We call this kind of the roadshow where the committee takes the budget out on tour around the state and takes public testimony. You know, a lot of it is, you know, who's able to show up between the hours of 10 and 5 to testify during a weekday. Um, Often you hear people making emotional pleas to lawmakers about, you know, protect the funding that they rely on. So it's a lot of message we hear at these things. As far as the Evers budget, you know, it's still kind of like status quo. We've been talking about for a while now where Republicans are showing no real interest and taking up that document in full. The question remains, will they scrap the entire thing? Will they just do bits and pieces? Um, you know, they're still figuring their way through that. And, but, you know, we're going to have uh, agency briefings, at least some agencies would uh, go for joint finance this week and testify on the budget. Then they'll do the roadshow. And then we'll kind of get to the, the meat of that budget, you know, in late April and, and May. And from all, you know, everything we've been hearing from Republican leg- lawmakers and uh, leaders is that, they plan on doing a major overhaul of what Evers has proposed. It's just a matter of how far do they go, and is there a chance for a compromise when it goes back to Evers, or are we looking at an e- a veto fight? So that's that's months away at this point. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations, and if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.